Hey, since you're in your home and you know everybody there, why don't you high five somebody real quick or elbow bump them if you don't even want to high five your family today and just tell them this is good and it's getting better. Come on. This is good and it's getting better. We're excited today. Hey, as we're transitioning, as we're transitioning to a time of word today and we're going to get into the word and we're going to get into the Bible, uh, I just, there's some people we need to thank real quick. Uh, that have helped make this thing happen. We got Pastor Chris and Elliot that have been leading us in worship. They've been busting tail, doing so good. Uh, Pastor Travis is uh, working hard to do his part on the back end and on the front end to make things happen. There's a lot of coaches and leaders that have done some things. Uh, we're not used to a stage this small or an area this small, um, but they've worked hard to make this happen in a matter of about three days. And so if you would, um, at some point in the next few days, maybe get on their social media account or uh, if you have their number or email the church or something and just send a big thank you uh, for what God has done and is doing in them, uh, I think that would mean a lot. Thank you, sir, who is uh, quote unquote off stage, but in a, can in a corner over here. Uh, it's awesome, man. We're just going to embrace the fun of this entire uh, thing here. And um, y'all, so you can go ahead and turn in <laughs> on your Bible. I wish you guys could see what I could see right now. It's amazing. <laughs> it is so awesome. Um, I want you to go ahead and turn in or, or on your Bibles uh, today to, um, we're, we're really going to be in Numbers chapter 13. We're going to reference a lot. And so I want you to take notes. I want you to lean in to what God's saying and, and what God's doing in this thing. And I want to say welcome. Uh, I know I've gotten some texts from some people that they don't call Radiate Church home. They um, they, they go uh, to another church or don't go to church at all. We've had a little bit of all. And uh, we're just grateful that God has provided a worldwide platform, and we believe this can reach thousands of people and, and change lives. So welcome to our digital experience. We'll be doing this uh, today, and uh, it's going to be a great thing and a great way. We want to ask you to, uh, man, post a picture of your watch party, you know, like post a picture, tag us, hashtag us, whatever you want to do. Let us know that you're here. We'd love to see it and uh, love to celebrate with you what God's doing there. And um, and I just want to I just want to say to all of our guests, if you don't attend here, you we're considering this. You're attending one of our services. And so we'd love to hear from you. Pastor Travis laid that out earlier in in the um, message or earlier in the service. So want to want to get you to do that. I want to say, um, when we got the call on Friday uh, that we were going to have to do this experience instead of live, it was a very difficult uh, decision because we believe there's power in gathering together. As the Bible tells us, don't forsake the gathering of your brothers. The great thing is the Spirit of God has made it so we're actually still gathering uh, today just in different areas, and so we're excited about that. We're ready to get back in our in the school and get back into our, our experiences. But um, stay tuned to social media, to email, uh, to phone calls, text messages, however we can get in touch with you about serving opportunities. Right now, as you know, there's not a whole lot that anyone can do other than just practice good hygiene and be smart uh, to present prevent the spread of this. And, um, and so we're kind of, we're taking those precautions. And, um, what we would ask you to do, one way you can serve right now is to share the good news of Jesus everywhere that you go. Share this video and like this video. So I want to talk to you about this today. All right. I want to talk to you about this topic. 
Uh, it's called this living certain in uncertain times, living certain in uncertain times, or uh, you can title it this faith over fear, faith over fear. And I, I want to kind of go into this and, and I, I want to say this right off the beginning. Okay. I want to say this right off the beginning that I am not talking about decisions that anyone has made during this time because I believe our authorities and our leaders and our government officials are doing the best they can with what they have. They're making good decisions uh, with the information that they have. They're taking preventative measures so that it doesn't get too difficult. Our job is to be a light in the midst of darkness. And we are living in uncertain times. We're living in difficult times. We're living in frustrating times. We're living in times where there's a lot of unknowns and things just, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's part of why things are happening and unfolding the way that they are in the world today. And here's what has happened in, in place of that is instead of just embracing the unknown and going, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to listen to those that are a little smarter than me in this or whatever. What's taken place is something called fear or hysteria. And so, uh, but here's the thing, what you're feeling today in fear, what you're feeling today in hysteria, what you're feeling in uncertainty, a lot of people live with every single day of their life. A lot of people live every single day in a state of fear. And I believe that fear is one of the enemy tactics the enemy uses to keep us from operating in faith. And so I want to talk about that today. Not that you're a bad person. I want you to hear me. If you're fearful, if you're uh, uh, scared, I'm not saying you're unbiblical. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. And I'm not saying that, that you're not a good person. I think we can all get caught up in that. But I want to talk about the truth of faith today. Living certain living certain, living strong, living in a foundation in an uncertain time. And what I want to do right at the beginning, we've already prayed a few times today. I don't think you can pray enough. In fact, today, uh, the government has called today a national day of prayer. So when we get off of here today, I encourage you, spend time in prayer, not just over COVID-19, but over our nation, over our state, over our county, over our community, over your church. But I want to pray right now for every person that is feeling fear. I want, to, I want to pray specifically over government officials and authorities that are having to make difficult decisions that aren't fun, that aren't easy. But I want to pray for wisdom and direction and faith over that. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the way maker. Thank you for loving us in the midst of uncertainty and that we can live certain in uncertain times. We can stand strong in foundation and shine light because you are the light. And God, I just pray over every government official, God, every mayor, every governor, every uh, senator, the president, so many people that are involved in this, God. I just pray direction over them, God. I just feel your spirit right now, and I just pray that your spirit would fill their room right where they are. And God, that you'd give them clear mind, a clear conscience. God, that you'd give them boldness to do what is right. And God, that you would, you would bring protection. Protect our county, God. We love, we love at Radiate Church, we love Kershaw County. We love Kershaw County with every fiber of our being. God, let us be a light in darkness. God, I pray protection over every person in our county today. Is There's some out there that are watching. They know people or they are the people that are struggling with this virus in a very real way. They're quarantined. God, I pray over them. Sound mind. Strengthen their body. Every person that's watching that hasn't received or uh, contracted the virus, I pray health and, and protection over them. And God, I know you're going to do something great. And so we lay, play a sin in your hands and we trust you in your name. Amen.
I want to I want to go to Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. You've seen me throughout the week quote this scripture on social media channels and in so many other ways. And I want to I want to read it to you, and I want to break something down for you real quick. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. I think I said seventeen just a minute ago. I meant seven. Verse seven says this: For God, for God, not for man, but for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, or it's also translated of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and of love and of discipline, or discipline is also translated as a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if we're operating at all times in a spirit of fear, if we're operating in a spirit of fear, of of, of, of scared, of whatever it is, if we're operating in that spirit, I want you to know something, that is not a spirit that is from God. That is a spirit that is from and, and used by the enemy to get us distracted. And we're going to dissect that a little bit and, and, and look at it and go, what does that mean for God in my life? If I'm living in a spirit of fear, I can't live in the will and in the presence in the spirit of God. Because if it's not from God, I can't live in the midst of God's presence while I'm walking in something that's not from him. And so I want to talk today about how we can we can do this. And fear usually hear me, usually creeps in when we think something that's happening to us is bigger than something that's happening within us. Fear usually creeps in. Fear usually comes in and, and frustrates us and, and hurts us and, 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 and harms us and scares us when what's happening to us we believe is bigger than anything that's in us and we can handle. And usually that's because we aren't leaning on God's understanding. We're not leaning on God's power. We're leaning on ours. Because there's things that are going to happen in your life that you can't handle. That's why there's the power of God in your life. That's why it's so important to understand what we talked about at the beginning, where the Spirit of God is available to each and every one of us, no matter where we are. Because the Spirit of God is bigger than anything that can happen to us. There's nothing that will happen in your life that God cannot handle. In fact, John 16, 33 says this. Jesus is speaking to a group of people and he makes this statement. He says, for in this world you will have trouble. Hear this. For you will have trouble, right? You will have financial struggles. You will have pain. You will have hurt. You will have coronavirus. You will have all these things. It's going to happen. There's going to be things that you don't understand. There's going to be uncertainty. You will have trouble. Jesus says that. And then he says this. Not only will you have trouble, but I need you to take heart. Take heart. In other words, be, take faith. Take perseverance. Pay, take truth. And he says this, for I have overcome the world. He says, you're going to have trouble in the world, but I've overcome the world. I need you to take faith in that. And I think some of us need to hear that today, that there's no coronavirus that's stronger than God. Now listen, that doesn't mean that we go out vigilante and all this stuff and do just dumb things, right? That means that we're, we still operate. It says discipline, sound mind, wisdom. Like, let's be smart. Let's practice good hygiene. Let's stop handshaking for a little while. Let's listen to our officials that say, be careful gathering in groups of over 10, like the press release that was given today and things like that, right? Like, let's listen to those things. But I'm not walking in fear. I can walk in wisdom and not fear. I don't have to be uncertain in uncertain times because God gave Jesus who has already overcome the world. I'm not worried about what may happen. I just know Jesus has already overcome. I, I want you to 
Pay attention to this out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is your first shareable. Write it down, share it, put it out there, whatever you got to do, right? It's this. It's that timidity is the fruit of fear. Timidity is the fruit, fruit, fruit. Remember in Ephesians, there's scriptures that talk about the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Like, there's fruit from the Spirit that lives within us, but timidity is the fruit of fear. So when fear comes in, boldness is not a possibility. Because we're operating out of something that we don't understand. And so I have nothing to be bold about because I'm scared of everything. And so it draws me back. I, I can live certain in uncertainty because God is the one that is in control. Because God is the one that, because Jesus has already overcome the world, I can live certain in uncertainty. I don't have to freak out. I don't have to have the fruit of fear. I can have the fruit of faith. I can have the fruit of the Spirit. I can have all of those things because of the God I serve, not because of the person I am. Timidity is the fruit of fear. When fear grips us, it causes us to lose our ability to trust. It causes us to lose our ability to be calm. It causes us to lose our ability to think long. We think very short-sighted. That's why you walk in the store today, there's absolutely no toilet paper anywhere to be found. Whenever the government officials are like, hey, toilet paper is not going to fight the coronavirus, right? Why? Because we're short-sighted. We're like, oh, the world's coming to an end. I, I told somebody today, they, were, they sent me a screenshot before this message. They were listening to one of the zombie fighter messages. And I said, that zombie fighter series may have actually been a prophetic series, and I didn't even know it, right? We think the world's coming to an end because there's an uncertainty about us. But our faith doesn't rest in the power of us. It rests in the power of God. And I want you to hear this today, another shareable for you. God doesn't give us fear because all He knows is faith. Please hear me. God doesn't give us fear. It says very clearly as we leave this up in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Why? Because God doesn't understand fear. God doesn't know fear. Here's what God knows. God knows where fear comes from, and it's not Him. God only knows faith. Faith is God's character. Faith is God's personality. Faith is God's mentality. Why? Because God doesn't know fear, because God is the ruler of it all. He created it all anyway. God doesn't give us fear because all He, all he understands, all He knows is, is faith. I want to flip over to Numbers chapter 13 for a few minutes and look at something because there's a story that if you grew up in church, you may understand, you may remember, you may know. It's the exodus of the Israelites in, out of Egypt whenever they were in slavery there. And it's amazing to me as you read that story, as you study what is happening to the Israelites there, it's amazing to me that in that story, as the Israelites leave Egypt, they're excited. Yeah, we're out of slavery. We've overcome this. God has helped us. And then what happens? As they're in the wilderness, as they're on their journey to their promised land, God has already told them, here's what you're going to have. What begins to take place is they begin to be gripped by fear. Over and over again, they look at their leader. They look at Moses. They look at Aaron. They look at and people all over and they go, did God bring us here to kill us? Like, this is terrible. This sucks. This is bad. This is terrible situation. I can't believe God would do this. And throughout the story, there's a lot of things that take place. And actually, a generation of Israelites that were 
delivered from slavery never got to walk into the promised land simply because of fear. Throughout their journey in the wilderness, they were fearful they would die to hunger. And so God goes, all right, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. And when you wake up tomorrow morning, there's going to be bread on the ground. And it's called manna. And I'm going to miraculously provide what you need in that moment. Only take what you need. Don't take more than what you need. Only take what you need and leave more for others. And here's the thing. They took more than what they needed and it spoiled. They became selfish because they were fearful that they may not have what they needed later. They didn't trust God. Right. They were fearful they'd die due to thirst. And so God looks at Moses and goes, hey, take your staff, hit that rock. When he hits the rock, all of a sudden water starts gushing out of the rock. He provides for them miraculously, but they still lose faith on top of that. They were fearful they wouldn't be able to inhabit uh, the land, the promised land, which we'll look at in just a minute. The, the promised land, because there's giants in the land, they wouldn't be able to do what God told them that they could do. They didn't trust God. They trust their own eyes. They actually said this several times. It would be better for us to have died in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. In other words, hey, God, I wish you never would have set me free to begin with because now it's so hard to live for you and to, and, and to be a part of the promise that you've given us that I wish you would have just let me die in captivity and I never would have experienced freedom. How, how ridiculous is that? But many of us, we live in so much fear that it's, God, I wish you never would have set me free from my sins and set me free from religious mentalities and never would have taught me more than I ever knew because it's hard. And I'm fearful of what I don't know. Fear can keep us from a lot. And there's one phrase in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, that really takes the cake and changes the game for a generation of Israelites. And it's this. It says, there, so Moses sends people to spy out the land that God has promised them that's flowing with milk and honey, which is Jericho. And he says this. This is their report. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Please get, grasp that. There was so much fear in what they saw that they felt small in their own eyes. And then it says, and so we were in theirs. They have no idea what the giants were thinking. They have no idea what the warriors were thinking in the land. All they knew is what they saw. And because they were convinced that they weren't enough, because they were convinced they were too small, because they were convinced that it couldn't happen, all of a sudden now everybody was convinced of the same thing. And I got three things that fear does to us I want to show you today. The first one is this. Fear makes assumptions reality. Fear makes assumptions a reality. That's the difficulty is they were assuming, please hear this, they were assuming in that moment that every person, every giant they saw looked at them and saw them as lesser than. But you, they have no idea what the giants saw them as. The giants could have saw them as a great threat to their land, but they never knew that because in their mentality, their assumption became their reality. Doesn't fear do that to us all the time? I assume, if we're fearful of people's opinions, that they may not agree with us, or they're fearful of people's opinions, please hear this. <laughs> If we assume what they think, we become fearful and we make that our reality. So I don't know what they're thinking, but I bet this is what they're thinking. I bet they're thinking I'm stupid for asking this question. I bet they think I'm ridiculous for acting this way. I bet that, and maybe they don't think that at all. Maybe they think you're bold and strong and courageous and godly and faith filled, but we make the assumption that they think we're dumb, a reality, and so it 
it brings us back to timidity instead of boldness in faith. Fear makes assumptions reality. Faith makes impossible realities possible. Faith makes impossible realities possible. That's not going to come on your screen, but know that. Faith makes impossible realities possible. We have to learn to stand on truth, not assumptions. We've become a society that loves opinions. Let's love truth. Truth doesn't change. Truth is truth no matter what. Our perception of it may change due to our, our growth and our realization and our maturation, but truth is truth. Fear, fear, not faith, fear makes assumptions a reality. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's interesting that whenever you couple that with Jesus' conversation with Peter, and he looks at Peter, and he asks Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter tells him, I believe that you are the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the universe. And Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, you're right, for my Father has revealed this to you. And then he says this, on this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, what is this rock? This rock is the revelation of the truth of Jesus. The revelation that in that moment, Peter looked at Jesus and said, you're the truth. There's nothing else more truthful. There's nothing else more gracious. There's nothing else more loving. There's no one else more saving than you, Jesus. On, and Jesus goes, on that revelation, on that truth, I will build my, my church. Hear me today, church. Hear me today, people. Please hear this. Stand on truth, not assumption. Stand on truth, not assumption. For instance, in an uncertain time, we know that the truth is this virus spreads person to person. So we can operate on that truth and be cautious of what we do, but we don't have to live in fear. We can stand on truth. Because the truth is there's nothing above the name of Jesus. There's nothing greater than God. And here's what I can do. I can stand on truth that though we're meeting digitally today, lives are changing People are being generous and, and churches are coming together across the globe like never before. Why? Because Jesus is going to be glorified no matter what. No matter what. I can stand on that truth because the truth is not based on shoulder to shoulder contact. It's based on spirit to spirit contact with God. That's the truth. Don't allow the uncertainty of what could happen. Dilute the certainty that we serve a God, a Father that loves you. Hear this? just the way you are, but entirely too much to leave you there. He loves you right where you are, just the way he made you, but entirely too much to leave you there. So the first thing that fear does is fear makes assumptions reality. The second thing that fear does is fear creates panic. Fear creates panic, man. Panic is scary, Panic is dangerous, right? Maybe you've been uh, somebody that struggles with panic attacks. You know the, the pain that that can cause. Maybe you're somebody that's been in the stores this week and seen the panic. Like there's somebody, I watched a video earlier this morning. Somebody got stabbed with a wine bottle, the broken wine bottle over a case of water. You know what causes that? Panic. People are freaking out. People are going crazy in the world. Fear creates panic and Chapter 14, verse 1, one, one scripture down, it says, so they, they, they get this report that we're grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. And then the very next verse says this, Then all the congregation lifted up their voices, and they cried, and the people wept that night. 
That's chaos. That's, that's panic. They began to panic. Fear creates panic. Panic is living in a state of chaos, but faith creates excitement. Fear creates panic. Faith creates excitement. Do you, you want me to be honest with you today? On Friday at about 2.30 in the afternoon, Pastor Travis and I got on the phone with each other about 745 different times in a matter of a few hours. Because we had to make decisions and we had to figure things out. And we had to make things happen. And then Pastor Chris and us got, all got on conference calls because we were in different areas and we made things happen. And Elliot got on the phone. Like All this stuff took place in a matter of two days. And there, was a, there wasn't panic, but there was a lot of stuff to be done, right? But can I tell you that throughout the entire thing, I'm going to be real honest, there was a moment of frustration because I want to meet with you, but there was also a moment of excitement because new things, when you have faith that God can move, new things, uncertain things can create excitement. I was excited this morning. I'm like, let's go. This is incredible. We got worship leaders on a camera leading us in worship. I got church members with multiple people in their houses, in their rooms, worshiping with their hands lifted high in their house that maybe have never worshiped in their house before. I got people that I know that are watching us and are going to go out into the world this week and change the world. Why? Because faith creates excitement, but fear creates panic. We will not be a people... We will not be a people of panic. We will be a people of faith, of excitement. And whenever assumptions are not reality, but truth is my foundation, I have a lot to be excited about. Because here's the truth. The truth is the Holy Spirit's everywhere that we want to be. Every, the Holy Spirit's within us. God's within us. And so therefore, God is not, the, ch the church is not a building and God is not confined to a church into a building. God is confined to the heart. And so I'm excited to see what happens in this, right? I've got people that called me and they're like, hey, you know what, Pastor? Like, tell me, walk me through this. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about the financial impact of this. You know what I say? I'm excited to see what happens because I'm excited to see you step up in generosity and go, my finances aren't going to be cursed. I'm going to continue giving. My finances will be blessed through a, a, an uncertain time because I trust God because I'm excited to see what takes place. That's what faith does. Fear causes us to call, call to, to draw back and panic and freak out and get excited, get upset and, oh, I don't know what might happen. I don't care what might happen. I know what my God can do. He's pulled me through too much. He's trusted me with too much. Panic causes us to make mountains out of molehills. When we face panic, please hear me. I know there's some people that just chronically face panic and you live in fear, I want you to do something. Here's three things that have helped me in panic, right? Real quick, they're not going to come on the screen. This is just free. I'm just going to give it to you. It's this. Breathe. Take a deep breath. All right? Take a when you want to panic, when you're freaking out, when you're uncertain, breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Take a deep breath. Remind yourself of truth. So if it's a difficult time, remind yourself that Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love God. Quote scripture, know the word, know the God that you serve. Remind yourself of truth. And then the third thing is, think calmly. Think calmly. Think through it. If you don't know the answer, say you don't know the answer. Don't just make something up. Admit that you don't know. If you know the answer very calmly, express the answer. And start to execute. Don't just say something and not do it. Start to execute it, right? Fear creates panic. Faith creates excitement. We may not know the outcome of something. you got to understand that first and foremost. You may get to a place where you don't know the outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. 
But we serve a God that created the outcome and the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We serve a God that knows all of that. That's the truth that we get to lean into. So the first one is fear makes assumptions reality. The second one is fear creates panic. And the last one is, is a hard-hitting one. Fear stops dreams. You can put it like this too, to be quite honest with you. You can say it like this. Fear offends God. Let me prove it to you, all right? In chapter 14, verses 22 through 23, it says this. Surely, this is God talking to Moses. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and the signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice. In other words, God's going, they've seen everything I've done. They've seen my power. They've seen my might. They've seen my faithfulness. They've seen my character, right? Yet they put me to the test and they don't even listen to me. In verse 23, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurned me see it. In other words, he looks at him and goes, hey, that's fine. You're not listening to me. You don't have faith in me. You don't trust in my, my faithfulness and my character. You don't believe me when I say something. Your generation will not see the promise that I gave. Fear stops dreams. Why? Because fear causes us to doubt what God has told us. Fear causes us to stop chasing what God has told us to chase. And fear causes us to stop believing what we know. All the way around. Fear stops dreams. Fear offends God. I believe fear makes God mad because it's the opposite of faith. If timidity is the fruit of fear, boldness is the fruit of faith. We have to understand that... that um, Fear and worship can't coexist. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, what does Paul tell us to do? Live your life, take your body, and present it as a living act of sacrifice. In other words, in everything that you do, First Peter tells us, everything that you do, do it as unto the Lord. In other words, live your life as an act of worship. Fear causes us not to worship because it stops dreams, it stops pursuit, it offends God, it frustrates God. I want you to hear me today. We can't worship God and fear at the same time. We worship God in faith. We worship God in truth. We worship God as the way, as our Father, no matter what. We worship God in faith and we rebuke fear. Because faith and fear are two completely different things. The fear, fear is a tactic of the enemy to distract us from God's promises. That's all the enemy is wanting to do. He's just, in fact, I'm going to be real honest. The enemy doesn't care if you believe God's promise. The enemy cares if you chase God's promise. He doesn't want you to get there, so he'll distract you with fear. Oh, be afraid of what might happen here. Be afraid of that. Now, again, I'm not saying don't be wise. I'm saying don't be afraid of it. Oh, don't have enough faith that God can. Have faith that God can pay your bills, but don't have enough faith that God can take care of you. Have faith that God can heal the other person, but don't have enough faith that God can heal you. Have faith that God can help somebody else in their financial situation, just don't have enough faith that God can, can help yours. See, the truth is the enemy is just chasing a distraction in our lives. Fear stops dreams, but faith accelerates dreams. Because faith makes us chase things that we would never chase any other way. 
Faith makes us go to things. In fact, that's why Joshua became the leader that led the Israelites into the uh, into Jericho and into the promised land. Why? Because Joshua was one of the only ones that actually had enough faith to believe what God said. The other ones were like, no, we were, we were grasshoppers in their sight, so clearly they thought we were as well. I want you to hear me when I say that every time we allow fear to grip us, we slow down. We slow down. We, we come away from what God says. In closing, I want to I quote A.W. Tozer, great theologian and preacher, a long time ago, I don't know what years. This is a quote by A.W. Tozer. He says this, A scared world needs a bold church. A scared world needs a bold church. I want you to hear something. If you don't hear anything else today, I need you to hear this. If you're a follower of Jesus, I mean a true follower of Jesus, not just wearing the name tag, but I mean you wear the name tag, you live the life, you love Jesus, and love comes out of that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of his church. A scared world needs a bold church. Boldness is the fruit of faith. Timidity is the fruit of fear. In uncertain times, we don't have a choice but to be bold. We don't have a choice but for our light to shine. We don't have a choice but to make a difference in the love at a greater capacity. We don't have a choice because there's darkness all around us and Jesus goes, I need you to be the light that radiates everywhere that you go. I need you to be bold. I need you to step up and go, I will not be a part of the hysteria. I will be a part of the faith. I will pray and not freak out. I will reach out to people in encouragement on Facebook and not add to the hysteria that is happening. I will step up with boldness and with love and with grace in a scared world. I want to hear, I want you to hear me today. Radiate Church will be a church that steps up and is a bold church. We are not a timid church. We are not a scared church. We are not a hysterical church. We are not a panicking church. We are a church that stands on the promise of God in the truth of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we will be a bold church in scared times. We will always be certain in uncertainty. Why? Because we know where our strength comes from. And Jesus has said, for I have overcome the world. Not you, not me, but he and my vertical connection to him gives me the power to stand in uncertainty. And so maybe you struggle with fear, not just in this situation, but you struggle with fear every day. Paul says this, let's be aliens of this world. Live as aliens of this world. Live as somebody so different that they wonder if you're from another planet. Well, yes, I am from another planet. I'm from the planet called the kingdom of God. And I have the power of God. And I have the trust of God. And I have the relationship of my father. And I will be bold in a scared and uncertain time. Let us be that. And so today, I want to ask you this. If you're in your house today or you're watching this on your phone, TV or computer and you've heard about a God today that takes away your fear. You've heard about a God today that loves you right where you are but entirely too much to leave you there and you need, today is a day where you need to give your life to Jesus. 
And by praying a prayer in just a moment, the prayer isn't what saves you and brings you into the relationship with the Father. The prayer is the symbolic way of the Bible says to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and He died for your sins and you shall be saved. Here's what that means. When I open my mouth and I profess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, there's something that happens in my heart, in my head that now brings it to reality and God goes, I honor that and we're going to start this journey from this stay forward. We're not going to worry about your past. Your past is behind you. You're forgiven. We're going to start today. We're going to walk forward in a new life of grace, a new life of, of, of forgiveness, and a new life of love. And today, if that's you, I want you to know that you don't have to have me there holding your hand or laying my, head on your head, my hand on your head to pray this over you. Here's what you need. You just need belief and faith. And so if you would just close your eyes. And if you want to believe this and you want to give your life to Jesus and start a new life with Jesus today, I want to ask you to pray this prayer out loud. Dear Jesus, I love you. I give you my life. I'm sorry for who I've been. Help make clean who I am and help redeem who I'll ever be. I give you everything that I have. I want to start over with you. I believe that you died on the cross to give me relationship with God. I believe that you rose from the dead to give me victory over my sins. And that today you believe in me right where I am. And I'm excited to move forward with you from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus for giving me access to the kingdom of God. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer today, I want to say welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the family of God. We're excited and we would love to hear from you and walk with you. We'd love to know that. You can email you matter Y-O-U-M-A-T-T-E-R, at radiatechurch.net and let us know and we'll send you some resources and be in touch with you. But I just want to pray over every single person in closing today as we close down this stream. I want to say thank you again for joining us. Share this, like this. Help us get the word out. Let's change the world. We're not here to just watch a screen. We're here to change the world through the power of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for who you are. And God, we just declare that fear has no place in our lives. Faith does. And so we declare that today fear will not uh, overrun us and fear will not dictate our lives, but faith will. And so, God, I pray that in this moment, in this day, that you'd help us reside in the power of your love. You are the way-making God. You are our way-maker, no matter what. And, God, we trust you. We believe you. I pray, God, that fear and hysteria would go away. Faith and boldness would come, come forward and that the church would be bold in this time. God, we honor you and we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys, thank you again. I love you so much. Hey, let's go out. Let's go change the world. I love you guys. I'll see you again next Sunday.